Welcome back to another episode of MJ's Progress Not Perfection. Today's guest is Janelle, and Janelle is celebrating eight months sobriety today. And it's the longest she's ever gone in almost 20 years of either drinking or using. So, I mean, just that alone is a huge deal, you know, at any point now. Like, you know, it's not an easy thing to go that long, you know, with having alcohol in your life. And then to go eight months through a lot of things, you know, it's really impressive. She's doing a great job. She's working a program and had an incredible journey leading up to that, which we're going to get into right now. How are you? Good, how are you? I'm doing good. It's so hot out here today. Yeah, I know. Are you do you go by Janelle or do you go by Jay? Um, all my friends call me Jay, but whatever works. Okay. No, I wasn't sure. You know, I, I saw the J obviously in your name, but yeah. then I saw Janelle just now. Okay. Yeah, that was cool. Now, how long you how much sobriety do you have now? So the twenty second of this month will be eight months. Eight months. Now, yeah. is that the is that the longest stretch of time you've gotten since like yeah, I feel like the last time I had eight months was when I was like eleven. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, Honestly, I, I, though. <laughs> you no, know, that's that's actually that that was my story too. When I hit eight months for the first time, was yeah. you know, a, a, I had my first drink at eleven. You Literally, know. I think me too. I was eleven years old. Yeah. What was your first drink that you can remember? <laughs> a beer. It was a Budweiser. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> mine, mine, yep. was Cap- mine was Captain and Coke. Oh, you went right in. Yeah, I just dove in, you know, full addict mentality yeah. from the get-go. Oh, yeah. From the jump. <laughs> <laughs> now, now, I didn't start, like, using alcohol to, like, medicate, so to say, until I was 12, you know. Okay. So, you know, that's when, and it wasn't all the time. It was, let's be honest, like, in my teens and adolescence, it was a lot of, like, partying for fun. You know, mm-hmm. but there was a lot of nights where, like, I was angry about, you know, whatever happened at school that day or, you know, you know how it is in adolescence. Like, you just get mad at anything and you take yourself out with drinking for me. So is oh, that, yeah. like, how it was for you when you started at 11? Yeah, I would say. So when I was at 11, I don't think, like, the anger, like, sunk in yet. I was more, like, partying. So I would say by 12. I started kind of like partying. I smoked like a joint at 12. Like I started kind of smoking weed, um, you know, drinking. And it was like fun. When I was 12, though, like I grew up pretty fast. I was going to like college parties. So not college, (laughs) high school. So my friend at the time where we like grew up, his oldest sister would have parties. And I remember I was like the drunkest one at the party. I was like 12 years old. That was like my first like experience of being like shit based. And like, I think I got kicked out of the party. Like it was so bad. And then it was just kind of like, yeah, I kind of feel like from the jump to it was like all in as soon as I started, you know, really like going out and all that stuff. And I went out a lot. So yeah, I was smoking weed, drinking, 12 years old, going to parties. By 13, I had a boyfriend. It was my first love. <laughs> and uh, we used to drink a lot. We used to drink a lot together. And we would get shit-faced. And that's when, like, my parents kind of, like, caught on. And I came home so drunk one night. And they were just like, what the fuck is going on? And I just remember they were like, oh, God. And that was kind of like, it was kind of, like, on from there. Just parties, what? so young. <laughs> Can I guess that he was an older guy? No, he was, he was my age. age. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
you know, yep. but you know, did was it was he able to get alcohol easily or something like that then? Did he have like an older yeah. brother or older sister that he was able to like get it easily? So he like so he was because at like thirteen I had to like ask friends, you know, who had older yeah. siblings because I was the oldest out of my family. So I had to ask yeah. friends that had older siblings, or you had to wait outside the liquor store <laughs> and pay somebody to go in for you, you know, find a homeless yeah. throw them five yeah. bucks. Yeah, right. At 13, yeah, no, that was the so, <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I know. I mean, I probably did that a couple of times, but I just remember he had people at his house a lot, like his cousins, like his uncles, you know, his whole family, like, would drink, and it was, like, normal to have, like, a couple Coronas, like, that was okay, and they had, like, you know, tequila in the house. That wasn't okay for us to drink, but we would sneak it, you know, and it was, like, we would sneak the tequila, and that was just, like, the start of all of it. Yeah, so it was, like, always around. That makes sense. Yeah. I mean, so it, it was still like innocent fun, though, at that point. It was still just like, you know, you thought you were supposed to be drinking. You're, um, you know, in eighth grade, ninth grade, you're supposed this is what we're supposed to do. Yeah. Um, yeah. But I still like every time I drank, I got blackout. So I think there was that kind of like subconscious, like. You know, I mean, I, I think I was drinking to, like, blackout, but I didn't know it. When I was, like, really young, I had, like, a traumatic event happen. And it wasn't even until, like, later on recently that I was able to kind of, like, rem I, like, disassociate it. So it was, like, PTSD. So I think that when that happened, like, subconsciously, there were things that were kind of, like, making me want to you know, drink, and I didn't Escape. know why, exactly. Now, um, <laughs> and it's kind of unrelated, um, but I'm curious, have you always lived around Boston? Because you don't yeah. have the, why did you lose some of your accent? Because I live. Oh my God, everyone says I have such a thick accent. Maybe you're not nervous enough yet to where you're spilling the accent. <laughs> because you, yeah. said, you said party fine. That was the thing is you, you said party like six times. And it was you said party. I said the R. Yeah, you didn't say potty. Ten. Yeah. And like I lived up there, so like I can like pick up when I hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Just living up there. You did say sister funny though, so if it makes you feel any better, you said the yeah. word, that's where I really heard it though. That's I wasn't funny. Sure. Yeah, just you know from living up there because I lived in yeah. Bedford, I lived in Plymouth, I lived in Carver, I lived in Middleborough. Oh, wow. I was all that's over the South Shore. Yeah. Did you grow up here? No, no, okay. I grew up right outside of Philly and then I graduated high school and then we moved up there um, as a family. And then I went to Quincy. Um, Quincy. I said it right. I said it see, right. You did. Yep. See, I know. Um, I, I went to Quincy though. I went to their Plymouth all. I went to the Plymouth one, the extension down there. Um, but that was year. I was like 15 years ago when it was still like downtown Plymouth. Now it's like in a plaza and all that shit. But mm -hmm. yeah, I, I loved it. Like when I was in New Bedford, I was in my active addiction. Like yeah. I, I was not a good person when I was living in New Bedford, you know, and I, and I, cause I was into pills and I realized real quickly that my neighbors sold them. You know, I kept seeing oh, the God. same cars at the same time over and yeah. over in our parking lot. And I was like, I know what's going on here. Oh I yeah, I'm in. Yeah. yeah. You don't come for weed every day at 3 p.m. But you come for pills every day at 3 p.m., that's for sure. Yeah. So yeah. I started hanging out there when I knew he'd be out there smoking and then start a conversation. Oh, yeah. yeah. And they it's, love that. They're just waiting. Yeah. Oh, more customers. <laughs> oh, and you don't have to drive here, so it's less shady? Awesome. Yeah. Oh, man.
Come on uh, in, yeah. <laughs> so what did you get in? So now you're 13 and partying. Let's circle back yeah. to that. You're 13 and partying. When does it get like really out of hand for the first time? Is there any like I got alcohol poison at 16. Like, did you have any like crazy like shit that where you had to like maybe stop for a minute? Yeah. 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 So, I mean, I probably got alcohol poisoning countless times. I really don't even know. I never got hospitalized for that. But um, so I grew up in Everett. Right. So grew up in Everett, had a ton of friends like I was a good kid. So when I was growing up in Everett, you know, besides like the drinking and stuff, I I like was on honor roll. OK, I was on the honor roll. I literally never missed a day of like school. Like I played sports year round. Like my dad kind of had me and everything and my mom, too. You know what I mean? I was doing something all the time. So I didn't have a ton of time to really fuck up yet, you know, so <laughs> I was doing good. When I was 14, right before high school, they moved. So they were like, because I started getting in a little bit of trouble. And they were like, you know, it's probably best if we move, blah, blah, blah. So I moved, like, to the suburbs, right? And I'm like a city girl. <laughs> so I moved to the suburbs to start of high school. So now I'm in ninth grade. I'm in a new place, you know, new people. It was like a very bad time to move. And um, that kid that I was dating, we broke up and now like this is my first love right so it's like so dramatic obviously and um you know he cheated on me right too so it's like i'm going through that so i'm going through a breakup my first love being cheated on all this stuff and then this move so i think that that was the reason why i just went off and running so i go up there and you know i obviously i made friends with everybody but i made friends with the kids who weren't doing the right thing because that's what i wanted to do right yeah so yeah. i make friends with them and um started skipping school like right away things took like a turn and it was a dramatic turn because i was such like a good kid you know and started skipping school and my grades please like Side of flunking classes, not even like C's, D's, like just flunking, not going, flunking. That's when I started messing around with pills a little bit. So this is when things kind of like went up a notch. So I went through like what an year? ecstasy phase. What year was this? I'm curious. So like how old sophomore are you year. Sophomore year was when it went to like the pills. And then junior year was like ecstasy days. Because like pills in massachusetts in like the mid 2000s were like everywhere mm -hmm. yeah i didn't hit that oxy phase i hit the perk 30 phase but that was like later on 2009 yeah. when oxy yeah. when the gel and because that's when i started mm -hmm. i'm I'll, I'll be 35 in a couple of weeks and okay. like i, yeah, I got 30. it okay yeah so yeah 2008 is when I got into Oxy 30, the, the Roxy Coda. You know, we called them blues, we called them Johns, whatever, yeah, you know, yeah. but Roxy's, blues, whatever you want to call them. Mm -hmm. There's 30 milligram ones. They mm -hmm. had me for nine and a half years. Oh, oh I love them. Those yeah. were like my favorite. Never thought I'd go further than that, but uh, yeah, okay, I so. love those. Yeah, so, we'll yeah, get so, so yeah, so now you're a sophomore, which makes sense if you're mm -hmm. five years younger is around the same time period of 2009 mm -hmm. when shit was really going. They were flooding Massachusetts. Oh, yeah. Like there was a whole right. documentary, Cape Cod, Heroin USA around that time. Yeah. Like yeah. that shit. Um, crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, so then you said you went from, wait, you went from Roxy's <laughs> to ecstasy? 
Well, so I went, so the pills when I was sophomore, it was like anything I could get my hands on, right? Because now okay. I'm like 15, right? And, you know, stealing from our parents, like pill bottles and like, you know, getting whatever we can. This was more like, I'd say Vicodin, you know, um, a Klonopin, like, you know, here and there, like stupid stuff like that. But it wasn't like I was a full, I wasn't like hooked yet. Like I was like still kind of like, fun, but I did it whenever I got the chance. If the opportunity was there, I took it, right? So now I remember I started doing a little bit of blow here and there, um, sniffing it, but that was like still not like crazy. So then junior year happened. And now by this point, it's like skipping school, like school's like not even a priority. You know what I mean? My parents are freaking out. They don't know what to do. It's like I took a real crazy turn. Are you the My only mom, child or? No, I have a little sister. So you're the oldest then. You're the first. So they really didn't know what yeah. to sound like. Oh, they yeah. had somebody else where they could say, well, what happened with the mm -hmm. sister too? So you're just yep. like. And yeah. where's your, so like my brother was doing everything the opposite of me because he's smart enough to know not to follow yeah. into what I was doing. Was yeah. your sister my smart enough? My sister's a good kid. Yeah, <laughs> good yeah. kid. She's seven years younger. So okay. she wasn't even like aware of what was going on. And even still, like me and her are really close now, but like I still haven't had that conversation like I was a heroin addict for like two years. Like we never said that. It's like, it's like an unsaid thing, but she knows that I'm an alcoholic and that's what we can discuss. Like I've never drank with her never nothing with her it's like i want i don't want that you know what i'm saying like yeah. i just i fucked up my whole life enough like i just can't even go there with her so she wasn't she wasn't aware enough of what was going on that's good and uh yeah yeah it is um i'm sure i'll tell her though you know i like to like be honest and transparent well now she's like getting to that age she's 23 you know what i yeah. mean like I would say mid twenties is when like, you know, they're more, like my sister's nine years younger than me. Yeah. And yeah. I'll, you know, I was 31 right. when I went to rehab and, you know, she knew I was having problems, mm -hmm. but you know, I didn't, we didn't, she's like the baby. No one I want to tell her yeah. any bad news ever. And exactly. I remember out of everybody that I called and said, I'm going to rehab, I got to go. Cause I was making the choice to go on my own. Nobody was asking me. And Same. so when I called her, she started crying. And I was like, I'm sorry, because I was going to have to miss her her college graduation while I would uh, be at rehab. And I was like, I'm so sorry. Like, I started crying, obviously, because I'm hurting my little sister. And then she was like, no, 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 I'm I'm happy. Like, I don't care about you not being here. Like, go. Like, please. Like, I'm so happy. So, like, yeah. yeah, she was actually just more, like, happy and <laughs> crying out of tears of joy than oh. sadness, which I was relieved, because we are close, you yeah. know, even though. And as they get older, you get even closer because now exactly. she's 25 and engaged mm -hmm. and has a house yep. and way better than me wow. at 25. <laughs> That's <laughs> parents, hilarious. Parents just got better and better as they went along with how to do yeah. it. Like my brother's is really well, and then my sister does our home run. <laughs> I love it. Yeah, we we paved the way, right? Yeah, exactly. We we make the mistakes. So we they make don't the have mistakes to. for them. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> So now, now you're like getting into XC, you're getting into pills, you're getting into coke a little bit. You're like into sniffing anything, obviously, because I oh, love yeah. sniffing. Yeah. Same. So Same. That's my thing. No, no rehabs yet though in high school. No. So I'm I'm in high school and like parents are losing it. I'm I'm messing around with ecstasy and that was like any oh god it was so bad and um 
So at this point, everything went downhill, right? So at this point, my mom put me on chins. <laughs> I oh, ran what? away from home. Chins, put... child in need of service. Yeah. I never, I never heard of that. Okay. Oh yeah, yeah. So um, she did that, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I ran away. You know, I came back, and it was just kind of like a lot had happened, right? So from there, I got my GED. And then I had like this like two year like period where like I kind of started to like, as soon as I got out of high school and I got my GED, I was like, we got to figure something out. Like I got to do something. So I went and I went to the Salter school and got my paralegal certification. Once I did that, I started kind of getting back into like the, the groove, you know, getting a little bit back to myself, started doing the right thing. I was working at a salon and I liked it you know, that was kind of like back on the right track. So when I was 21, I worked at a nightclub. I did VIP bottle service. I did this for years. And um, I worked in retail at a clothing store and then I like opened a gym, right? So I'm like working all the time. So like Adderall, hi, like love Adderall, like all day, every day, but I'm still doing better. You know what prescribed I'm saying? Prescribed Adderall? Did you get your doctor to prescribe it? Okay, no, I wasn't sure. No. And were you sniffing a, Adderall or were you eating the Adderall? Both. <laughs> yeah. Well, I did get it prescribed. And then that ended really quickly because my mom told my doctor that I was like abusing it. So, yeah. Yeah. So that didn't last. Um, yeah. So that happened. So I'm doing a lot better. You know, I'm feeling back to myself, looking back to myself, whatever, still, you know, messing around a little bit, but I love drinking. Like, so at this point, I wasn't really doing pills as much. I was really doing Adderall to just like work all the time, whatever. And uh, I got a DUI. So this is my first DUI when I was 21. So what and what, what were you bad. doing that you got it? Uh, if it was, what, what was going on that night? Can you tell me, walk me through a little yeah. bit of that night? Okay. Yeah. You know what's so crazy? This is out of all the nights that I, and this is horrible. I used to drive like drunk and it's so bad. And like, thank God I never like fucking hurt anybody or whatever. Like, thank God. But this night I probably had like three shots and I was just in the zone. And me and my girlfriend were on the highway and I had a Mustang. So this is my first car. I had like a 2012 Mustang, right? And um, I was just whipping it. So I used to like, I used to kind of like drag race here and there. And I don't know, I was just in that. <laughs> and uh, so I was speeding. So I was like, we had the music blaring and I'm whipping and she's like, show me like, you know, what you do. Cause I used to run like bike nights and all this stuff, whatever. So I was going fast. I was going probably like 110, 110, not, you know, whatever. And I'm not even really that drunk. It was just for fun. And I get pulled over. So it was like, driving with endangerment, DUI, blah, blah, blah. So this was like a big deal. It was not only like I had to like, I lost my license. I had to pay like a lot of fucking money. You know, Massachusetts is like. Oh, it is. Taxachusetts is what my oh, dad yeah. called it. Yeah. They, yeah. And especially like with driving, there was so many extra fees for having a oh, car. Yeah. What was that one fee per year that like a, a recess fee or some kind of bullshit like fee that I had to pay every year to keep? I can't remember it now. Excise, excise tax. Excise tax. Yeah. Excise like, tax. What the fuck? like they find yeah. a way to tax you for everything up there. I oh, know yeah. That. 
So uh-huh. yeah, I can't imagine like uh-huh. all the fines that they extra fine, yeah. extra fine. Like, oh, it was so bad. Ridiculous. Yeah, it was so bad. Were you living and at I home? Got a lawyer. Yeah, and we got a lawyer. Good old dad. Love my dad. Oh, the poor thing. I owe my dad and my mom like a million dollars. I can't even Me repay them back. Me For too. real, right? And uh, we got a lawyer. We tried to fight it. I blew a point zero nine. The limit was 0.08. Yeah, they weren't fucking around with me because I was going so fast. They were like, bitch, no. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, yeah, that wasn't getting out of that. And um, yeah, so I ended up having to do the classes like 10 grand later, like, you know, a lot of time. I had to do those like alcohol classes. This was like the first run that I had with this. And even then, I remember I was like, that was bad, you know, but I still wasn't like, I'm an alcoholic. Like, I didn't think that at that point. Did I was you just, have to I do the that. meetings, like, for your yeah. first DUI? You had to do, like, 30 and 30 or 90 and 90? It wasn't the 90 and 90. We got, it was, like, a program. So I would have to go, I don't even remember how many days a week, and they did, like, meetings in that program. It was, like, a three-hour class a couple times a week. we do that. It was, like, discussion. It, it was wasn't mandatory that. AA yet. No, I think I had to do like one or two, which I did do, um, but that was it. Yeah. You just so, sat there and looked at your phone and wait for the time to be over and then left. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. I was like, <laughs> yeah. I'm not an alcoholic. I just yeah. got caught doing something stupid, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, so after that, I still worked in the nightclub. I'm like, I'm working in the nightclub. You know what I'm saying? Like people are blowing lines at the table. Like it's, it's just what it is. I was like normal, you know, that was like my lifestyle. And um, yeah, that wasn't good <laughs> to be around that all the time, you know, for me at least. So it was like normal to like here and there, like, you know, blow a couple lines and like, but still like I hadn't got to that point where like I was losing everything. Like the DUI was a big thing, but after that, like I wasn't really drinking and driving. I was drinking, but not but like driving. You didn't yeah. have a car. Exactly. So, yeah. So, um, from there, I got into this relationship, right? And I feel like this was, like, the second, not the second, maybe, like, the third traumatic thing that had happened in my life by that point. So, I got in this domestic violent relationship. Never been in one before. Never going to fucking happen again. I'll tell you that. But, um, yeah, it was crazy. It was crazy. I don't even know. Um, so, that was bad. In that relationship, um, that, like, fucked me up. You know what I mean? Can I swear? Oh, yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Um, yeah, that fucked me up. I got, like, um, so by this point, like, I feel like PTSD, like, again. And then, like, uh, I got out of that because the neighbors saw him, like, attacking me. I had blacked out at this point and they arrested him. So I was able to like get out of that situation. And like, I never understood how like that could happen. I never understood how like someone could be in a situation like that and like stay in it, you know, until it happened to me. And like, it was like, it was just so mentally, you know, it was just crazy. It was like, I don't even know. It was just so bad. And, um, I was able to get out of it. And when I did, I didn't realize how how bad I was 
messed up from that. I didn't understand it. Like my friends and my family all knew, like they were very supportive. You know what I mean? Like whatever, we were living together at the time. So I moved back home and, you know, I started trying to get back on my feet, but like I kept like not being able to like hold a job. And like, it was just like, I couldn't, I didn't feel like myself. And what I do is like, if I go through something traumatic, like my, um, my response to like protect myself is to like block it out, like to block it out so I can like function, you know, and later that doesn't work. That's like so bad. And, um, so I blocked it out and then he ended up like stalking me. So I had to get a restraining order and, uh, it was just crazy. And that, alone was like made me so paranoid and like it it just was the worst feeling I can't even describe it I always felt like I was like looking over my shoulder like I never felt safe like I feel like I lived in like fear and like I didn't understand that at the time so you know that's when I started I want to say that was the start of the purge I got really bad into drinking like really bad and it wasn't like for fun like this was like I had always like went out before this was like I'm drinking at home like you know what I mean I'm drinking alone exactly this was the first part of that and then um so it took me a while to kind of be okay after that it took me a little bit you know I was still like here and there trying to work I still had my friends I still had my support and I'm very lucky for that and I've had like the people in my life who have been by my side and I have a good group of the people and I'm so lucky but uh that was really hard I think even to this day I think that um it's hard to even go there you know even like go deep there you know I can scratch the surface but to go deep, I don't, I just, I feel like, I don't know, I'll crumble. Like, I don't yeah. even know. There's no time limit on when you need to process it, you know, as long as you know that it was there and, you know, accept that you can change it for now. And then as you get more comfortable in your sobriety, you can go back and revisit things, you know, yeah. with a mentor, a therapist, a sponsor, mm-hmm. all that yeah. shit. So now, and I'm on step four. Oh, so, so you're yeah. on it. You're, you're yeah. right there. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm barely scratching the surface though. I've done three people because I still have that, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I need, like, someone to, like, hold my hand through this because well, it's a lot. Well, yeah, and step four, you know, for me, it was three, 75% of it was against myself. Mm-hmm. Resenting myself for things, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. And that was a, you know, a big, like, you know, eye opener, like, oh, yeah, like, I can't blame anybody else. A lot of this I resent myself for. So, mm-hmm. like, it was I resent myself for that, resent myself. And I yeah. just, and I and yeah. I thought that was a really relieving thing to do was, like, yeah. find all the things that I, and, and it helped me also when I got to nine and eight and nine, because, like, I already yeah. had things, you know, ready to go. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, like, yeah, we don't have to get too much into that, but anyway. Yeah. So now you're just drinking alone, drinking at home, yeah. and when you got back into pills, the, the so, drinking stopped working? Yeah, so I got through that, right? So this was like a year, maybe even a year and a half. So at this point, I want to say maybe I'm like, I don't know, 
24, whatever. And things are good again. Things are going good again. I got a good job. You know, I'm a manager for this counter at Nordstrom. You know, things are good. And this is like my life. Like, my mom's always like, you've been through so much. Like, so many ups and downs. So, like, extreme highs, extreme lows. Like, I've had so many amazing, beautiful, happy times in my life. And, like, the lowest of the low, too. Like, I know both. You know what I mean? Um, it's like a roller coaster. My life's been like a roller coaster ride. <laughs> so, things are good again. And I'm happy. You know, I got a new car. Like, um, whatever. You know what I mean? I got a safe car. It's like a little Nissan Sentra. Nothing I can whip around. Nothing you can race. <laughs> right. Yeah, I stopped that. Um, yeah, so things are going good again. And I actually started doing great at work. You know, I've been lucky to get really good job opportunities. And that's something, you know, that's definitely something I want. I want to own my own business. So it's like I've gotten a lot of experience on the job because I don't have schooling experience. So I'm doing good, right? This guy comes in and, um, you know, he's charming, whatever. And um, I just remember at that point, I was like so nervous to like date again because, you know, what happened? Like the first love cheated, you know, that, that. But then, you know, in between that time, I've had like two really good relationships, really healthy relationships. So I know what that's like too, you know? So I was super nervous, but like there was something about him. And um, I got promoted to another location because I was doing so good. This location was closer to where this guy lived. We, I feel like we should have a name for him. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if I want to say his actual name. You can um, call whatever, because you know, it's your, your story. Yeah. Why don't we call him Teddy Bear? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I don't know. So um, now you work close to Ted. Now you're working. Yeah, Ted. Okay, we'll call him Ted. Um, and we're dating, and it's like amazing, and like everything was so good, and it was like he was such like a like a character like he was such a bright person like we did so many fun things in such a short amount of time like he was like open for anything like it was just great I was like you know happy like in a relationship and it just was amazing and we were really going to like a great place and like you know it was just awesome and we were going to concerts six flags it was just amazing we went up for his birthday and met his parents it was like a big deal to him you know that I met his family so that was awesome and um, I remember we had like made plans to go on like a helicopter, um, helicopter tour. And at this point, I had like maybe done perk 30s a couple times. Me and him did it once together. And that was it. We didn't even really drink that much, you know, here and there, like out to dinner and stuff, but like nothing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like it was yeah, not alcoholic. Yeah, 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 exactly. Like a normal person, kind of. <laughs> and um, we were going to go on like a helicopter, like, I don't even know, like a lesson, like a lesson, right? And it was like, I left his house and then it was like, 
a day I heard from him and then I didn't hear from him for like two days so like my sister slept over on like a Thursday I had talked to him on like Friday morning and um then I didn't hear from him right so like my friends at my house and I remember this and I'm like what is going on like you know like why like I was just so confused you know what I mean I'm like is he like seeing someone else like I, I don't like this is out of like nowhere you know and I get a call later that night and it was from his sister and she was like like Ted Ted's passed away and I'm like what do you mean <laughs> like what and she's like yeah like he passed away and I'm like what like in shock and I'm like how like what's what do you mean and she was like we don't know yet like you know we don't know exactly what happened like was he like doing anything like and I'm like no like no like nothing not that I saw not that I know he had a heart attack and um that just killed me killed me and like did he have a bad heart or was it like like uh like was he older or did he have like you know, some no. kind of like disease thing where like he didn't know he had a disease. Like I've heard of people in their twenties having heart attacks, like my brother's friend did. And it just turned out he had a bad heart and no one knew. Yeah. Um no, he was like thirty-five, thirty-six. Um he was like taking this like medication for a long time and um I don't know, I think that that might have had something to do with it. I guess prior after the fact, his parents like told me that he had struggled with coke, but I'd never seen that, so it just didn't make sense to me at all. Like, what one day he just decided to do it, and like, I don't get it, you know, I just didn't get it. And like, I don't know, it's just so crazy. And I feel like that just like my life just like stopped. Like, I don't know how to explain it. I, I, I mean, I've, yeah, I've lost a fiance to suicide so like I get it and like I know like that's sudden because that you know when it's sudden like that and you're not because like you know suicide yeah it's one thing but like and she told me she was going to do it for a long time you know she was sick she was bipolar schizophrenic and alcoholic um but she always said she wanted to do it when she was 27 to be part of the 27 club with her heroes like Janis Joplin and all them so I wasn't expecting it at 26 you know a few months shy of 27 it must have just got that bit in her head to mm -hmm. just do it, you know, mm -hmm. but I didn't accept it then. I, I, mm -hmm. I nosedived deep into drinking even more, mm -hmm. you know, so was, like, yeah, I didn't know how to process. Like I said early, mm -hmm. I, my grief was my thing. I didn't know how to process grief still. And I, at 27, 28, when that happened, it was just like, well, I guess I'm going to be drinking a lot, doing a lot of whatever I can get my hands on, you know, but it was mostly drinking. Mm hmm. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you mean. When that happened, that was the start of like the opiates, like the like bad. Like so, when that happened, I was like, like I don't know, frozen or something for like weeks, like three weeks. I was like in like shock. Like my family and my friends stayed with me every day for three weeks. 
then everyone had to get back to their lives. You know what I mean? And I lived with a roommate at that time. Um, you know, so I was kind of like living alone. Like it was, he was a friend, you know what I'm saying? But like, we never really saw each other, you know, and it was like a big place. So we really didn't run into each other that much. So it was like, as soon as I was like alone, I just was so lost. And like, I kept trying to like make sense of it, but like I couldn't, you know? And like, that's what bothered me so much. So I started doing perk 30s. Now this was like a thing. This is like becoming almost like a daily thing, like by myself, like like depressed as fuck, like, you know, whatever. And um, I had to move back home because I couldn't afford my rent. And then I couldn't really function at this point for a while, a while, months, I'd say. So I was in this deep, dark depression. I would say six months of like just complete, completely lost, completely lost. Did you have money uh, saved? No, I mean, because like pills are, you know, like, and how, like, did you have just a, a friend? Oh, I know what you're saying. Like, if you're, um, if you're doing pills every day, you know, you're not working, yeah. you're like, you know, or where yeah, are you? Yeah. So, I did have like a little money at that time, but that like ran out really quickly. So like I was getting money like from my parents and then like I sold stuff. So I started selling stuff and um, sold like a lot of stuff. (laughs) And uh, yeah, money ran out. And then I had a couple of friends who would front me, front me money, you know, what everyone like knew what had happened to me you know what I mean so they were like helping me out uh yeah yeah and then um so like I'd say like six months went by and then like everyone like like my parents especially I don't want not like an intervention because like it wasn't even so much about the drugs because they didn't really know how bad it was like they knew about the depression of like you need to like you need to start living because like, you're like not living at all. Like, you know, and it was like, he would like, they were like, he wouldn't want you to like not live your life. He'd want you to be happy, like live for him. Right. And it was like, it took me a little bit to understand this. So then I started like, even though I was still doing first, (laughs) I started getting like spiritual. So this is like my big kind of like breakthrough with this. And I started, this was like my real, like, seeking a God because like I had never really been I grew up Catholic that never really resonated with me I so did I I grew up Catholic too and in the early 2000s when all the stories started coming out of your area actually first mm-hmm. you know like, the globe yeah. broke the news first and so once that started coming out I'm like yep this is making it a lot easier for me to pull away yeah like yeah, <laughs> yeah. I get so, it so yeah it just didn't resonate so that too my higher power I was always like a little lost with that which is like you know it all comes into play um so I started like being spiritual you know whatever and um I started getting crystals and essential oils and just anything that I thought would make me feel better besides like medication and like you know it still kept me in this state of just like zombied out like you know I'm like doing purpose all the time and it's like it's barely helping you know what I mean I started doing this I started doing yoga and all of a sudden, you know, I made this decision 
that I was going to fly to Bali, Indonesia for a month by myself and get my yoga certification because I needed something to like slap me back into life. Like I need stuff like that. When I go like going through such crazy things, I need something as dramatic in a good way to get me back. Do you know what I mean? That's the highs and lows. Yep. (laughs) The highs and lows. So that happened. So the school is based out of New Hampshire. So they did retreats, right? So they were doing a retreat in Bali and, you know, I was still doing perks, not consistently, like not like five a day, but I was doing them like one a day, one perk 30 a day. Did you bring them with you? No, this is crazy. Wait until you hear this. So I had one in my bag, right? Now I had been smoking cigarettes, okay? So I'm addicted to nicotine. I wasn't really drinking that much because Perk 30s was like my love, you know? I, and I'm yeah. addicted to Perk yeah. yeah. I literally always say that 30s were my first love. Mm-hmm. Like they were the ones like when I, and, and I stuck with them to like, obviously the entire time because I loved the effects that I got from it. I love sniffing them, I love breaking them. Um, I just got a new medication because I have this like thing with my nerve with my stomach, and I kind of hate the fact that they're blue and circular, they're oh, yeah. small and blue. And I like, I did, yeah, like my blood yeah. pressure medicine, it has a V on it, it's the same exact V, it's made by the same company. And like, I can't even look at the medicine, I gotta take it out and just swallow it, yeah. Because, oh my god, I totally like, get it, yeah, yeah. And only the ones that like loved 30s the way I did, like, because like, were you the wow. kind of person like? When you found out that your your person was good, would you then ask what kind they had? Oh, of course. Because the of course. V's would make oh, me yeah. break out. I would always break out really? and get all blotchy from the V's. I hate so the M's. Like, really, they were my preference. I didn't like the M's. M's. They weren't good around here. Really? Okay. And no. the A215s were the most consistent. The A's, they were the ones that were like, you know, you're going to yeah. get something good. Like, <laughs> it was yeah. that A's, you're like, all right. Yeah. A's are like the K9s. The V's around here. The V's were no, good around here. These would always make me break out. And like I was doctor shopping. So like I knew which pharmacy to go to. You know what yeah. I mean? Like I knew Walmart had the M's at one point. Then I knew they switched mm-hmm. and like somebody else. And I knew CVS had the V's and I would try to yeah. avoid going to CVS if I could. You, you know, hated V's. <laughs> it was, a riot. it's yeah. only Things because I'd break out. My face would get all blotchy and like I would feel like everyone knows. So the other ones I could conceal a lot better. I always got right. in trouble for the Xanax. Xanax would always get me in trouble, but I would mm-hmm. always just, I obsessed over the Roxy's for 10 years. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obsessed. So, okay, tell me how you got yeah. them in Indonesia, because I, I know how I got them in North Carolina was definitely by the mail. Like, I was yeah. definitely just, like, sitting, waiting for my U.S. post office worker yeah. every time I knew that it was, like, day of. I'd be, like, in my yeah. car, waiting Can't to, like, stop anything them. until you get that. Yeah. I was working yeah. from my front, like I was supposed to go on jobs, like, you know, I was doing plumbing kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, I'm running a little late, like just waiting for the mailman. Because oh, yeah. I, I want, I wasn't even withdrawn, but I oh, was yeah. because I knew they were on the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, I totally get it. So, so you this brought is one. Yeah. Okay. I brought one on the plane, right? It's insane. Now, the laws in Indonesia are very, very serious. If you get caught with weed over there, you like go to jail. <laughs> Like, it's like no joke, right? So I'm flying. It's a two-day flight because I got, like, the cheapest flight, right? So I had, like, a bunch of stops. It's a two-day flight. 
I'm withdrawing so bad off perks and nicotine. I like wanted to like die. And the only thing that like, seriously, I feel like got me through was when I landed in Indonesia, I met another girl from America. There was like three girls from America that were going and then everyone else was from other countries. It was so fucking cool. And I met her in the airport and we took a cab together to the, like we stayed in villas. It was like a whole thing, you know, cause we were there for like a month. And once I finally was in Indonesia, I like had that feeling that like, I knew I was supposed to be here. Like I had never left the country before. This is my first time leaving the country and I'm by myself, you know what I mean? And I just knew like, I'm here, like I can do this. Like I have to do this cause I have to heal from what happened. Cause if I don't, I don't know what I'm gonna do, you know? And uh, so I'm there. And now this whole time that I'm in Indonesia doing yoga and I mean, it's been six in the morning to like eight at night. Like, no joke, like classes, like all the stuff you had to pass the test, like everything. And I'm getting my certification. I was withdrawing really bad for, I'd say, like the first week. That and jet lag. Like, I was just like, I don't even know how I was I doing it. I can't even imagine, yeah. I, I can't even tell you. It was like this, like, something like took over and I was like on autopilot. And I was just like, I have to do this. I'm here. I paid a lot of money, you know? Well, and at least I you were doing did- yoga. At least you were, that, that gets, mm-hmm. I remember when I was in rehab, yeah. I like played basketball a lot and that helped me because I was refusing Suboxone in rehab because mm-hmm. um, I didn't want to have one more thing to get off of. I just wanted, <laughs> and I didn't want to be comfortable. It's my only time in rehab. So like, mm-hmm. I didn't want to be, want to come back. Mm-hmm. So like, I just played basketball a lot and being that active, I think helped me keep sweating things out constantly mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. all that. I'm sure. He, yeah. Absolutely. And it was like 95 degrees in Bali. And it's like the most gorgeous place ever, right? It's a third world country, but it's so beautiful. And the people there speak like broken English. It was just amazing. Like it was just, I can't even begin to describe you. The meditation, the everything that we did, like my goal there was to let go of that like deep pain. And like, we did so many different like mystical, like beautiful, magical things that like, I really feel like I was able to like, not, not, I don't, not like deal with it, not like get through it, but I was able to like make peace with it and like be able to continue on, you know, and I had done it, right? So this was like insane. So it was like one of the best experiences of my life. And um, I come back, I almost did, but I came back and I was home for maybe 10 days and I hung out with someone who did blues and I got it. And just like that, after all of that, right back on it. So at this point, like, it was like, I need fucking help. So I got on maintenance and I was on that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that helped. And then again, I got a good job. Like I'm managing like a massage place. Like I'm doing great again, this and that, blah, 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 all this stuff. And, um, I want to say I got a job opportunity for like way more pay. Right. And 
throughout this point, I think I had like another like relationship. It was a really good relationship. He was like in a heavy metal band who was a great guy, like, but I was drinking. So I ruined it, you know? So I ruined that because of my drinking. So throughout this time, I've still like stayed drinking. And like the most shitty things that I've probably ever done is when I'm drinking. Not when I'm like using like blues or like, et cetera. It's when I'm drinking. So I ruined that relationship. He was a really good guy. Uh, if he sees this, he's going to know that I'm, you know, he's a good one. I hope the best. I hope the best for all the people that I've dated. But that is something that I struggle with is relationships and finding a healthy relationship because of what happened when I was younger. So that's like, a now I know that. So I get this new job opportunity. And then this is kind of where it leads into this. So I met this guy and I'm still dealing with that. I'm still dealing with what happened with this situation. Something happened with this guy and it was just brutal. And I sold my car. I got a place in the city, like in like two months, because like I just had to get out of that like situation. I sold my car, moved to the city. You know, I had this great fucking job. Like everything was awesome. Like, you know, but I'm still doing Adderall. I'm still drinking, you know? So I get to this place, I like manifested like everything that I wanted and I'm sitting with self and I'm like, fuck, I'm in a lot of pain. <laughs> like, like, you know, like emotionally like shit. And I'm like, okay, I don't have time to deal with this. So I'm just gonna drink and I'm just gonna take Adderall and I'm gonna go to work and I'm gonna be a robot basically and not feel my emotions. So that lasted for a couple months. And then it got so bad. This was when it got so bad, my drinking, that, like, I wasn't able to function. I couldn't hold food down. Um, it was the worst I've ever been, like, physically. I've never been that sick physically from alcohol. It was really, really bad. Um, Is that that when, picture you sent? The picture no, you posted? No, that, we'll get, we'll get there. Was, yeah, yeah. Okay. So it was bad with the drinking. So I go to treatment for the first time. So this is two years ago. I go to treatment for the first time. I did the whole 30 days, bada, 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 whatever. I get out. I go right back into the same situation. I don't know anybody. I don't know anybody in AA. I don't know anybody in NA. I don't know anybody really sober, to be honest, because that just wasn't my, that wasn't what I was around, you know? Yeah. After like four days, it relapsed. On drinking. I go back to treatment, right? So this was like, the, this was two years ago. This was two years ago. I was in and out of treatment 13 times. Yeah. So I go back to treatment. I meet a guy. <laughs> this guy liked heroin. So I think it's a good idea to bring him home with me <laughs> to move into my, my townhouse that I have. I'm like, yeah, come on. Why not? Because I'm like hating life right now. You know what I'm saying? Which Hating that situation and what happened, I feel like internally not dealing with it made me like hate myself because I was just holding on to that. So I'm like, yeah, this is great. I deserve this. So I bring him home with me and drinking right away, right away. The day we got out, um, mind you, we both got kicked out for this relationship. So that's the great yeah, side of our relationship. I, I was, was going to say, yeah, usually when two people in rehab start like, you know, fucking at rehab they usually asked to leave yeah well we didn't we didn't do that but we kissed and we were like very visibly like you know passing notes and like uh, yeah, yeah that's what i mean like, yeah. yeah yeah 
I was like, not yet. <laughs> yeah, no, for real. It was just crazy. Yeah, they were like, get out. And like for anyone watching, don't do that. Just don't meet a guy in treatment or a girl, whatever your preference, don't do it. Don't. Um, so he comes back, we start drinking right away. It took about two and a half months for us to, for me to try dope. I had tried dope one other time before that. And I was like, this is not for me. I have lost so many, so many friends to dope. Close, close, close friends. And I said, I'd never do it. And this guy, I don't know. I was just like, let's do it. And it was like once a week, once a week on the weekends. Cause like who does like, you know, we do dope on the weekends. Like, yeah, that's normal. Turning to every day, obviously, you know how that goes. So as soon as I started doing it, I was like, I knew that I had to stop. Like I knew I shouldn't be doing it. I knew it, but like, I like had just touched the surface of it. Now he had been a heroin act for years. So he was able to like ration and like save some for the morning. And like, I wasn't, you know what I'm saying? And I sniffed it. He didn't, he did, you know, the other way. So yeah. I'm buying double, I'm buying double, you know, it's gone quicker. It was just, it caused a lot of fights, you know, and it was just not healthy at yeah, because all. You would probably say, I need some. And he, and mm -hmm. I know you have some, and he would say, well, this is for the morning. Cause I'm going to need it in the morning. So I know my body and you're mm -hmm. like too bad. We can figure it out in the morning. I need it now. And mm -hmm. I can already mm -hmm. hear the fight. Cause like, yeah, yeah. yeah. You already know. Yep. So that was bad. So this is when I started doing heroin and it got really bad and like real quick I started losing stuff like really quickly now I know people who are like yeah I did heroin for 10 years like no <laughs> like real quick things started getting taken so I got another DUI I'm fighting that right now so I'm still in the process of that that sucks <laughs> when was that? Uh, that was right as soon as we started doing dope so that was two years ago it was in march april march or april so april um, 2019 mm -hmm. and can you like were you you had just sniffed some dope and then you got in the car and started driving i was or, way more drunk oh, okay so the cops yeah. didn't even pick up the dope like they went oh she's drinking oh so. right for her oh i was so drunk oh my god i started fighting with him you know because that's what I do when I'm drunk and it's so ugly so ugly so that happened right so license gone and he didn't have a license so that was great so it was just so well, bad at least you're in the city like yeah. I was telling somebody who uh, you know we're in PA and her and her boyfriend were looking to move and I recommended Boston as a place to go because she doesn't like to drive I said mm -hmm. you know it's a lot it's one of the cleanest city I've ever, cities I've ever been to and the the T is one of the best transportations, yeah. like for being able to get from one side of the city to the other pretty easily. Yeah. You know, it's good. It's a good yeah. walking city and a good city for transportation too. Yeah. And they're yeah. moving up there in a couple of months now. So yeah. because they, they visit it and they loved it and they're like, Yep, we're going we're gonna do yeah. it. So I'm like, awesome. Yeah, <laughs> so, hell yeah. so at Boston's least you have that. Dope. Yeah. Yeah, Boston's dope. So we did have the public transportation, you know, thank God. And um yeah, it just, it got crazy. So we were in and out, in and out. Now I started doing 
like the spin. So like the spin drive. So I would go in for like three days, you know what I mean? And then as soon as like the emotions, like I'd get through the physical, right? But as soon as that emotional piece started coming into play, right back out. Like I remember we went together one time, I left. Like I was like, I can't do this. Like I just was so codependent. Now I'm not like a codependent woman, okay? Like I've been through a lot of shit. Like I usually am pretty independent, stand on my own, I usually make my own money. You know, I, when I'm not drinking, very nice, kind person, you know, and I respect people and I don't tolerate disrespect when I got my shit together, right? At this point, it did not have my shit together. So I was like, yeah, like, it was just so bad. It didn't care, you know, at all. Um, so it got to a point with that, that I couldn't stay sober with him around. I knew that with him around, there was no chance. There was no chance. Um, and I was like actually in love with the kid, which was even worse. Like, you know, and I don't wish anything bad for him, you know, whatever. I really do hope the best for him, but it was just bad. You know, we were toxic. So I finally got him to leave. Now, for three months, probably, I was still using. I still had that hold on me, but it wasn't like, I was like able to, it wasn't as bad for some reason. Like, I don't know how to explain it, but I'm in the, I'm in the townhouse and I'm using, and I have a roommate, mind you, similar to that place I had before. She's a nurse, the poor girl. She, she didn't even drink. I, God, I don't even, she had to have known something was going on, but like, oh, <laughs> so bad. Um, so finally it gets to a point again, no money, you know, no job, again, no money, no job, no license, no car, you know, no nothing. So finally, I couldn't pay rent anymore. So in and out, in and out, I knew I always had that place to go back to. So it wasn't until that I lost it, and this was in October of 2019, that I finally stayed in treatment. Yeah, I feel like the timing's off. So that was that. 2021 yeah so I stayed in treatment I did like almost six months almost this was the first time and I spent every holiday in treatment and I'd never done that before and I was a baby and I was like this sucks and then it was my birthday and um I relapsed I had made it to a halfway house I had never done that I went to like a TSS made it to a halfway house right away I relapsed um what did you read us with drinking again dope yeah you went right yeah. for it this time oh yeah but i was like messing around like i was like taking an extra well butrin here and there like when i was in detox like it was little things like that that led up to that and i didn't realize it at the time you know what i mean um so then i went on like a little run ski <laughs> for like a month <laughs> and then back in and now this is that time. So I went on a little run. I went back in. I went to treatment. Uh, well, so, so you, you went on this. When was that? When was that picture from? Because I'm going to pull it up. Yeah. So that was that was when I was with that guy. So when we were doing dope, and that was right before I went into that like six month treatment. Okay. And then yeah. right before you, so you went into treatment again. If my mm -hmm. math is right, back in like January of 2021. Yeah. 
And because you relapsed in like April 2020, and then you went on a run for like six yeah. months. Yeah. Okay. And now I'm. This is that that time in between. This is that second part of that where it's almost eight months. So it's yeah. if I didn't have that little like you know, it would have been a long time. So. Yeah. So now, what do you think is more different this time than the six months last time? You're in a sober living now. Yeah. And you yeah. made it through a couple of days, obviously, without, okay. Yeah. I, I could so, tell just from your Facebook story earlier that looked like a total sober living. Like, I lived in a sober living. I know what a sober living house when I yeah. see it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I made it past the halfway onto the sober living, so tracking on. Um, what's different, I would say, is I didn't abuse anything. Like I didn't even slip an extra while abusing. I didn't, you know, take like a gabapentin. Like I didn't do anything like that that could potentially set something off in here to because it takes just just that to set that off in me. And now I see that. So I didn't do that. And almost making it last time through every holiday, you know, and almost having that. And I was so close and relapsing and, and just how that felt. Like, I was like, so hopeful. I knew that I could get there. So like, right now, I didn't have a sponsor then. So I have a sponsor now. So that's different. I'm working the steps. That's different. I'm actually going to meetings. That's different. Um, I'm making a network. That's different. You know, it's a lot of it's different. It's you enjoy the meetings. Yeah, yeah. They're very helpful for me. For me personally, like I need that like camaraderie because I when I like go down, like I'm like, yeah, like I'm not the type to be like, come with me, like let me drag you down with me. I'm the type that's like I'll suffer alone. Like I don't know why I'm like that, but I am. And then that's so bad because then I don't reach out for help and I'm like cut off from everybody, you know? So this time I'm like, hello, <laughs> I'm yeah. here. Like, be my yeah. friend, like, help me. And like what I did the other day, how this is even happening, making that post is very, very weird to me. Even me talking about like shit I've been through and like even me talking about me doing dope, like that's not something I'm like super open about. I am in my group and my network and everything like that. But, you know, with my sister, with, you know, some of my family members and some other people that I know, you know, I don't say I was like, I don't, I, you know what I mean? I wasn't a heroin addict. Like, I don't say that. I say I was an alcoholic. So it was a big thing for me to like make that post and like put myself out there. And even talking like this is like huge for me because I feel like I need to not have anything that I feel ashamed of. Exactly. You know, because that's gonna eat me up. Yeah. It, yeah. When you when you when you tell your story, you know, the more you tell it, you know what I mean, because you're you're gonna get more comfortable even after today. And the more you do tell it, and the more you realize that people's reactions aren't like disgusted when you're talking, because that's a lot of the reasons why you know I had insecurities about telling my story mm -hmm. all the time was like you're gonna look at me like I'm an asshole because I am, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. I don't want to get those looks. But mm -hmm. as soon as you get used to actually like, you know, the laughter, you know, and the embracing, because the laughter is a good thing. 
When people yeah. are laughing at your story, it's because they're relating, not because yeah. they're making fun of you. Right. And right. No, that's an important thing, like, to know, because, like, I laugh at the ridiculousness now. Yeah. Because that's all you I can like that. do. Exactly. You know? I need that. And yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it is, it's, it's our Northeast attitude of, like, you know, just, like, you have to laugh yeah. at your pain. Yeah. You know, we're already yeah. assholes. Everyone knows Northeast people are assholes. <laughs> so you yeah. have to be able to laugh at that shit or else you're never going to be comfortable with it. And the more you talk about it, the more real it is. And the more it's not eating you up because you're taking ownership and control in yeah. that story. Exactly. That's your, your narrative, not something yeah. that you're hiding now. Yeah. I've never told my story ever. So I've never, I haven't done that yet. Like, even today, like, I didn't know, like, you know what I mean? But um, I've never, like, done that whole thing to someone who isn't someone who's close to me. You know what I mean? I've done a commitment once, and I shared for, like, 10 minutes, because it was, like, five of us. And I was, like, freaking out. And I'm like, oh, my God, what am I say? You know? But that was the most I've ever done. So hopefully my story made, like, sense, you know? No, it definitely made sense. I mean, we even went in order, and a lot of the times, like, I'm skipping around. So, oh, yeah, me too. I'm ADD, so. Yeah, well, we were able to stay on topic, and yeah. I see you're still into using crystals, because you said you're spiritual. Oh, and yeah, yeah. Because, like, you had the same thing my wife has, the necklace. That, yeah. That, that, my wife has the same kind of necklace with the crystals on it and all that kind of. And yeah. the rings. This is okay. amethyst. This is rose quartz. Mm-hmm. This is night i'm gonna flip real quick just so you can okay. see where i'm actually talking hold on should i just do you have like go. an altar yes i'm literally at it yeah i knew it <laughs> <laughs> so i got the candle elephants my spirit animal can you see no you flip it around okay oh yeah okay so crystals yep. i got candles elephants <laughs> That's my spirit animal. I have tarot cards. Yeah. My, uh, we, she has a whole altar set up. Like, this is my yeah. office, and we have a meeting center, right? We do meetings out of here four times a day um, for mental health. And so I have my office, which is where I do my podcast out of. Yeah. She's going to be starting her podcast soon, actually, where she's going to be doing tarot readings and shit. And really? doing oh, like tarot so cool. readings and talking mental health and all that kind of stuff. And like awesome. she uses um the light seer, um, I guess edition. And that's but it. she does, I don't know, it's a really cool art on there. I don't know shit that's about so it. Cool. But she has all of her crystals and like a pendulum and all that kind of shit and the my whole, type like, of girl. You should witchcraft. tell her to text oh, me. Yeah, <laughs> she'll be excited when I tell her that like I talked to you about like all that stuff. Hello, witch. Uh, it, <laughs> We're the yeah, good witches. <laughs> that's, what she, that's what she tells our son. <laughs> he gets all like, you're a witch, mama? Because I always say, yeah, but mama's like, a witch. Glinda. Yeah. Glinda the good witch. <laughs> she, she always says, no, but I'm one yeah. of the good witches. Like, And she does the spells yeah. for people. Like, She does protection mm-hmm. spells for people yeah. that like have had trauma. Yeah. You know, and they'll sit down yeah. and she'll do the whole protection thing and have that's them set awesome. up. And... That's yeah. so cool. Yeah, so, like, we are definitely... Yeah. yeah, she runs a, me- a morning meditation every day here at 10.15, except for Sundays, but six days a week, you know, and she's got MS, you know, now. She just got mm-hmm. diagnosed last month, and we just also got... She just got 18 months sober last month, too. Hell yeah! So, but she's all into doing, like, you know, the protections and the spells and the tarot and meditations and... Yes, the- that's so we- my higher power. 
Okay. What you is, know? The crystals like, and stuff? That like, energy? being, like, spiritual. So I wouldn't say that I'm, like, religious. I believe that everyone's version of a higher power is right. You know what I'm saying? I don't think that there's, like, one that's, like, you know, but, like, I believe in more of, like, the universe and, like, karma and, like, you know, like, just trying to practice, like, love. And, law like, that's love. Yeah, law of attraction. Like, love is my higher power, you know? Yeah, I, don't, I, I don't know if you ever heard this in a meeting yet, but you can use it. I heard it early on, and it really helped me because we both were Catholic and both went away. Um, and I, I was having a lot of trouble with my step three with let it get, with let go, let God, because I didn't want to say let God. Um, and they were like, somebody said early on, like religions for people who fear hell and spirituality for people who've been to hell. Yeah. I love that. And that made that's a lot of sense. True. So, yeah. You feel free to use that one as like, that's my go-to whenever somebody calls okay. me off or like, what do you mean? You're not religious, but you're spiritual. That's what I say. That's my go-to. That. It's the easiest way to break that down yeah. for people that have no idea what we're talking I about. That. I love um, it. Thank you so much for like taking the time to like be so open about yeah. your story because I know it's not easy and I know especially the first time and like we're strangers but yeah. you know that doesn't matter. Like I said, it would be just having a conversation like we would at a meeting. Yeah. So like I'm I glad know. that. Thank you so much. You totally got me to like open up and like out of my comfort zone. I'm so happy you did, seriously. And Good. now we're friends. <laughs> exactly. And I'll, um, yeah. when I post it, do you want me to avoid tagging you or tag you? Because some people don't want to be tagged. Like when I post it on Facebook. You can tag me. Okay. Why not? Okay. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sure if you wanted to like yeah. share it on your page. This way your yeah. friends see that it's even a thing and they can click yeah. on the YouTube link and watch and you, yeah. they can hear your story in a way that's more like, from you but you don't have the pressure of trying to tell it to them yes i know? like that yeah so i'm growing let's do it <laughs> uh, yeah you, you're doing awesome like yeah. when's eight months again the 22nd the 22nd what's today yeah um if you want i can actually i have enough episodes backlogged i can hold this and release it on your eight month anniversary on the 22nd so you can celebrate your eight months by putting this out. Wow. That's if you want really to do that. Like yeah. Okay. Because I'm putting my story out on my birthday on the 29th. I so love it. So that's when I'm going to release my episode. Yeah. So if you want, you know, I can hold it for a week and then put it out on your, you know, sober anniversary. This way you can kind of like, it's eight months and check out what I did for eight months. Yes. I love that. That's such a good idea. Yep. Awesome. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah. I am so happy. I'm so proud. Keep it up. Keep Thank talking you. to your sponsor. Keep talking to people. Your story will resonate with people. There's yeah. a lot of people that are going to relate. Obviously, how much did we relate? You know, right? I know. With ages, drinking, pills, you religion. are not alone. And yeah, religion, <laughs> especially that there's a lot of people that are going to resonate. So they should hear it because they're going to say, okay, I can get myself out of this eventually. You know, we figure this shit out when we figure it out. There's no timetables. There's no race. Yeah. So keep doing it. Thank I appreciate you. it. And I will Thank hit you up when it gets closer, too. Sounds Thank good. You. Have Thank a good you. day. You All too. Right, Bye. Bye.